0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Joey. And I'm Mason. This is TBD Sportscast. Where we determine the most important sports topics of this weekend. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing
1: the takeaways from Week 11, some breaking news in college football, our 2020 playoff predictions, and we're going to be talking about the top 25 matchups.
0: Very interesting week. Week 11, uh, two... games specifically uh, Miami versus Virginia Tech and Notre Dame versus Boston College uh, let's start off with Miami versus Virginia Tech whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, whoa. A of and, of to see and a hooker straight ahead we'll get there in a lot more than That'll be a Virginia Tech touchdown. Play here on third and long. Pressure up the middle. King, blown down and sacks. Yeah, how many times have we heard that around the country this year? Across the middle, and it's caught by Trey Turner. Oh, corner guard passing performance at NC State. Pocket collapses, down he goes. Who else? Jared Hewitt, the fourth. Now they're starting to add tempo to it a little bit as well. And stopped it. Red Sea parts again. Holds oh, it to the end zone and he's got a touchdown for the Hokies. No replay. The longest play from scrimmage today for Miami and there goes King to the edge. The Eric King to the pylon for the easy touchdown. And now it's third down for Miami. Here comes pressure. King lasso down and that's going to be another sack for Virginia Tech. Downhill type of roll, but that was a physical run in itself. Try to pay it off here across the goal line. Did he get there? He did pass game has worked well for them. First down and goal. Big possession for the Caves, and a touchdown. Cameron Harris answers on the sideline. King, the RPO, and there's another big play. Mark Pope to the end zone for the touchdown. as well. He'll fake the toss and look to go deep. Smith was there, but this pass is going to be picked off to Corey Couch. And a big play for the Miami defense just when it needed it the most. Pressure. Lateral it back to Caleb Smith, and that's going to do it. Miami on the road improves to seven and one. The final stop by Jalen Phillips, Manny Diaz, all smiles, and the final score 25 to
0: 24 as the U finds a way to win it
2: in
0: Lane So after a close win against Virginia Tech, Miami still drops down from nine to 12. Derek King with 255 passing yards. No interceptions alongside uh, Hendon Hooker with 202 passing yards and one interception, which probably cost them the game the most. Um, Miami with 131 rushing yards compared to Virginia Tech's 160, though. Last week, I discussed that this game was really going to come down to offense, and I don't think that I was really disappointed by that statement at all, although it did show who had the better defense between the two teams. I do believe that because of Miami's offense, the versatility that they have, that it caused Virginia Tech to kind of crumble.
1: So, and you know, last week, I think that I really hyped down how good Virginia Tech was. I mean, they had just come off a loss to Liberty, and they really showed up. I mean, if you look at these defensive stats, it looks like their defense outplayed Miami's defense. And like you're saying, Miami, it their offense played great.
0: Yeah. I mean, you really got to look at it. You have Derek King, who is a very versatile quarterback. He can run. He can throw. Now, is, his, is he as much of a pass threat as, uh, say, Trevor Lawrence? No. He's more – they they very much based their offense off the run. Um, but when it came down to it, it came down to what he could do with his arm, what he could do with the throw, and it really helped them out, uh, especially towards the end of the game, uh, helping them win the game with that last, sec- that last minute um, touchdown to take the lead. And then the Miami defense, just like you were saying, I was kind of downplaying their defense, you know. And I was saying things like it was a give or take and hit or miss hit or miss exactly and they didn't really show up that the against Virginia Tech but they did show up when it mattered when it counted when it came down to if they were gonna win the game or not and I think that was very important like you were saying like 76 total tackles that's great I mean, Virginia Tech had 84 total tackles. You also got to look. Six sacks for Miami. Six sacks for Virginia Tech. 11 tackles tackles for loss for Miami. Only eight for Virginia Tech. So, when you're really looking at it, both defenses played just about the same. But, it all came down to whose offense was more prepared. And when you look at how Henan Hooker played his his immaturity really showed when it came down to the third down the pressure plays so third down two minute drill um in the in the red zone um compared to Derek King's veteran like play calling and it, it it did determine the game I believe
1: and just to you know, be clear, we did pick Miami, and I think that we picked Miami rightly so. And I believe that we had the correct pick. I think that Miami is the better team, and I think the better team came out on top. But Miami definitely still has some work to do. If they want to see into the top six, if they want to be a playoff contender, they have some work to do.
0: And unfortunately... When it comes down to it, I don't think Miami will ever get into the top six just with the placement that they're put at right now and what their schedule is looking like. I mean, you have Notre Dame and Clemson most likely being in the ACC championship. Miami losing to Clemson really took took away the rest of their season, really, and their playoff chances. The only chance that they have is... And making the playoffs is hoping that either Notre Dame loses two games, they go to the ACC championship, they beat Clemson. But that's a lot. Or Clemson loses another game, Miami wins out, goes to the ACC championship, beats Notre Dame. Both ways it's not going to happen. Just, just by the way Notre Dame's defense is set up and the way Clemson handled Miami last so I think when it comes down to it Miami is now kind of they lost they lost their playoff chances as soon as they lost again against Clemson
1: now moving into the next big game from week 11 Notre Dame versus Boston College Joey's pick on that was Notre Dame he was correct I picked Boston College they weren't able to pull it out they played a great game though so let's take a look at it
3: Goal from the four, they come after Djokovic again. He locks it up for Zay Flowers and an acrobatic catch for a Boston College touchdown. Hard to argue with Ian Book retaining the job of the way he's played. He has trouble on the handoff with. They haven't been able to go much. Corner throw up for grabs for Skorodek. He caught it in with a flag down. They can throw it underneath. Golded 5 out of 10 for 45 yards in retreat. Stays on his feet. Now has a man open, and it is caught at the Notre Dame 32-yard line by Jalen Gill. In these last couple of weeks, great look from the progressive pylon cam. Now here's Sibo Plemister, powerful runner, comes in in short yardage. And he's in the end zone for Notre Dame touchdown. Second and goal from the 13. Book was in trouble. Got away again. Finds his man Skoranek for a touchdown. Ian Book over the middle. Kyron Williams makes a man miss. Lost the football. On the tackle. And the Eagles have it. Kyron Williams the running back. Though the game can't have a play end in the field. To the corner. of The end zone for Skoranek again. And he hangs on for his third Touchdown to the half. He remains the tailback. He follows Trimble. And again, poor tackling. And a touchdown. Third down and one. You'd have to think again, four down territory, if need be. There's, There's Bailey into the end zone for a touchdown. We have to come back and win this game. They Ian told us, don't worry about it. We are going to come back and win the game. He was the biggest reason why he's into the end zone again. Know it. to the end That's a touchdown for BC. And Brian Kelly has now won games as head coach at Notre Dame.
1: The final score on that game would be 45 to 31. Notre Dame remains at two in the top 25, and Boston College remains unranked. So, like I said, not a bad game from Boston College by any means. They no. showed up. They played a great game. If you look at these passing yards, Notre Dame had 283, Boston College had 272. They really did keep up. And like we talked about last week, this, this was going to be a huge passing game from Boston College and a huge rushing game from Notre Dame. So, And that's what we saw. But these defensive s- stats, though, from total tackles from Notre Dame, 44. Total tackles from Boston College, 79. Mm-hmm. sacks from Notre Dame to sacks from Boston College zero they just weren't able to get to they, the quarterback. they weren't able
0: to get to the quarterback which honestly I've noticed is a big problem for everybody um when it comes down to facing Notre Dame can they get to Ian Book and so far it's been no I mean Clemson got to him about two or three times I believe Boston College zero Tackles for loss, Boston College had one compared to Notre Dame's seven tackles for losses. So it really shows that Boston College is able to get out of the backfield or nobody's able to stop them in the backfield.
1: So Phil Dracovic had a great night too, you know, 272 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And he was really their biggest threat on offense. And he's really what got the offense going. And the receiving core actually did a really good job too. And it just looked like the offensive line just was not able to hold up as much as they should have been uh, for, you know, having a couple sacks from the Notre Dame defense. And the Notre Dame defense, like I said, they just just played a great game, right? They showed up, they did what they needed to do, and, you know, their offense played a great game on rushing. They had 274 rushing yards to Boston College's 85, and that's really what took the game for Notre Dame.
0: 100%, and I think that... When it comes down to Boston College's offense, you really see that it really is down to how Phil Dracovic plays. And, I mean, you got Zay Flowers, who's a great wide receiver, very big guy too, Um, but he had negative five rushing yards. They don't have the best running offense now Travis Levy he's good He don't get me wrong he's a good running back but i've i've noticed also that Boston College relies solely on how Phil Dracovic plays and he can't make every play he can't do it by yeah, yeah. himself i mean and you said 18 for 18 catches for 40 attempts that means that's what 22 Passes that were incomplete.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know how insane that is? That's a lot. That that determines a game right there.
1: And I gotta say, like, speaking of that, I was watching the game and thinking, how are they dropping so many passes? There were so many plays that could have been huge plays where they changed the course of the game if the wide receiver or the tight end would have caught it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. They let it go. And that also changed the course of that game as well. Some breaking news in the college football world this week. The University of South Carolina has officially fired Will Muschamp. Offensive coordinator Mike Bobo will relieve him of all head coaching duties effective this week.
2: Welcome to a new era of University of South Carolina Gamecock football. From the very beginning, I felt that we would be in a position to name a football coach at the University of South Carolina. And that has happened. He's the man most suited to lead our football program at the University of South Carolina. He will give us an opportunity to be at the top of the conference and get us in the national conversation. Please join me in welcoming our th- 34th head football coach at the University of South Carolina, Coach Will Muschamp.
3: Third and The number one Georgia Bulldogs take care of South Carolina. 24 to 10. Quite an accomplishment for Dabo as Clemson will end the meetup with Miami with a lot of momentum. They take it 34 to 10. Joyner looking to run. Throws it up Last Missouri improves to 3 and 1. Columbus. Kolinsky throws. Fourth down. Another drop. And that's going to do it because Florida will take a knee and the game will be over. In fourth and ten, Holinski's pass is deflected at the line. Tennessee takes over. Tennessee ambushes South Carolina in the second half after the Gamecocks led heading to the third quarter. Holinski with time. He's got it. Looking for six. Wide open, Edwards. It was overthrown. They brought their slingshot to Columbia, and they hit again. Jimbo Fisher finds his seventh win since Texas A&M joined the SEC. Clemson, meanwhile, improves
2: to 12-0. know adjustments he made when he we went to Colorado State, but a coordinator and a quarterback coach and excited to have him on board. Thank you, Coach. Uh, definitely
3: excited to be here in South Carolina, excited to be back in the South. An inauspicious ending for South Carolina after battling back. Tennessee finds a way to
2: get a win in the open.
3: Hill looking to a pass, surveys. Still with time in the end zone, behind Smith. Incomplete. This one is cooked, glazed, and sliced, folks. Florida wins it 38 to 24. And it takes South Carolina, a team that just beat Auburn last week for the first time in about eight decades, and beat them convincingly. Kellen Maughn reauthoring and rewriting the record book. Hill, pressure, drop. Down 17. Hill looks in zone. Fires. Incomplete. In zone. Slant incomplete. A third and goal. Slant again. Knocked away. Looking that way. Shy-smith back of the end zone. Back and away. It's- Miss with an impressive offensive hey, 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 hey. night in a series that has been dead even. Ole Miss gets the upper hand
1: now. Breaking news is that South Carolina and
0: Will
2: Muschamp have parted ways. Is on for a new
0: head football coach. Will Muschamp is out.
2: South Carolina has fired uh, Will Muschamp. Translation, why was he hired?
3: Um, coach Bobo has accepted... The role as interim head coach.
0: So what do you think about the whole decision to fire Will Muschamp?
1: I agree with it 100%. I agree with what Ray Tanner said in his interview about firing Muschamp, that Muschamp just didn't hold up his end. He was hired to win games, and he went 28-30, and 30, which is a terrible record for head coach. Now, I will say I do disagree with what Paul Feinbaum said, saying that he's, never, that he's a terrible coach and that he's a failure and that he's, you know, not going to find a job anywhere in the SEC. I think he's a great coach. I just don't think that he is a great offensive coach. I think he knows how to coach defense. I just don't think that he was ready to become a head coach and do everything that he wanted to do at USC.
0: And I don't I don't necessarily think it was he wasn't ready to be a head coach. I think he was ready to be a head coach. I think the, the matter is... You look at everywhere he head coach, he was head coach at, and he didn't have a good offensive coordinator by his side, and I mean, although he has control over the defense, he wasn't the defensive coordinator, you know, so he didn't have the backup that he needed, so the whole thing that Paul Feinbaum said, I 100% disagree with that, because that was just uncalled for, I believe. But I I do have to say that I think it's the best decision for South Carolina. Do I think Will Muschamp will never be a head coach again? No, I think he's going to find somewhere else and he's going to do great. I think he's a great coach. Although I'm a Clemson fan, I don't like anything South Carolina. I have to admit when I see good coaching, it's good coaching. He's a great coach. He connects with his, his students very well. But when it came down to it, South Carolina is looking to win. Do I think? that they're going to be able to replace him this season and win out this season or win more games this season? Absolutely not, especially losing their top cornerbacks, J.C. Horn and Israel Mukuamu, uh, who both opted out of this season uh, to focus on the NFL draft. W- what do you think is going to be resulting out of, out of this season?
1: The one word that comes to my mind is just rebuilding. South Carolina's got to rebuild. Like you said, they're losing two cornerbacks to the NFL draft. Luckily, this is Colin Hill's last season, right?
0: Yeah, very lucky.
1: And and I just got to talk about that for a second. I believe that the only reason that Colin Hill is at starting quarterback is because of Mike Bobo. How does he take the top spot over Halinski and to carry on joiner? I went to high school with the carry-on joiner. I saw him play in high school. Mm-hmm. He was a great football player. He had great character, and he was just an awesome person to be around. Loves his family, loves the Lord. That kid had four college scholarship offers before he even stepped on the field to play a single game his freshman year. That yeah. was from JV Yeah, when he was in middle school. Mm-hmm. And so when you have somebody like that, and look at every time the carry-on joiner steps on the field, he makes a huge play. Like against Vandy, when he got that 50-yard running... He, he, he came in at running back and got a 56-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Rushing touchdown. Whenever he comes in, and look at what happened against USC versus Georgia last year. Mm-hmm. Helinski goes out. Their yeah. second string goes out. De'Kirion Joyner comes on the field and wins the game. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it wasn't a great game on either because it, that game was definitely the game of defenses and Jake Fromm was just having a terrible game. But look at what happened. Karen Joyner steps on the field and just takes over and they won the game. And so I think that the only reason that Colin Hill is on the field right now is because he was at Colorado State with Mike Bobo. And I think that was kind of the deal.
0: I think that if South Carolina really wants to win, that they should be putting in Joyner. Joyner was I think I believe top ten uh recruit. Out yes. of high school? Yes. Uh, he, he was alongside Deshaun Watson. I remember that because yep. there a, there's a whole video on YouTube um, about their training camps and stuff like that, and they literally worked together. They were working together in the same camp. Joyner should be the starting quarterback. Holinsky should also be considered in that running because although Carolina didn't do good last season, I still believe that Holinski played one hell of a season.
1: Yeah, Holinsky's a great quarterback. I mean, you've got a guy in a starting quarterback now, who's ripped his ACL three times.
0: Yeah, and I'll admit right now, I didn't even know about Colin Hill until the first game I watched for South Carolina. And my dad brought up how it was a different quarterback, and he said, it's not going to make a difference anyways because he'll be out halfway through the season because he's just that consistent with getting injured. I mean...
1: So to answer your question, though, South Carolina's just got to rebuild. They need a better starting quarterback. They're going to have to rebuild their program. And in order to do that, they're going to have to bring in a new head coach. So let's take a look at who they're going to possibly bring in. So our first possible head coach is Hugh Freeze from Liberty. And I'm pretty sure that he is probably like number one in the running for that job right now.
0: I 100% believe that Hugh Freeze, um, first of all, is the top prospect for this job. But I also think that he would be the best fit. Um, I don't think Bobo is going to stay as head coach for sure. Not, but Hugh freeze I think is the best uh, option out of all these prospects that they're looking at. You also got Tony Elliott um, and Venables from Clemson offensive and defensive coordinators. I don't see them leaving Clemson anytime soon, especially no, I don't since either. Ve- I don't think that's no. Since Venables gets paid so much, what's the point?
1: You've also got Steve Sarkazian, new no. offensive coordinator from Alabama, Bill Napier, head coach at Louisiana Lafayette, mm-hmm. and a really interesting one, Jamie Chadwell, head coach at Coastal Carolina.
0: It's between Hugh Freeze and Jamie Chadwell, I think, as a top 2. I think that Hugh Freeze would be the better fit because Hugh Freeze has more experience. I mean, he was at Ole Miss for a long time. Which is another SEC school. Which is another SEC school. He has experience against the SEC. He has experience with beating Alabama. He's a great coach. He he put together great teams. Now, did he cheat the system a little bit, and that's why he got fired? Yes. But he's not cheating the system anymore at Liberty, you know? Jamie Chadwell, you still got to chalk it up to – Is Coastal Carolina getting lucky? You know.
1: We're definitely going to find out this week when they go play Appalachian State.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then the last prospect that people are uh, bringing up, which I think is. And
1: this is crazy. Yeah,
0: this is an insane idea, but plausible. Urban Meyer, former Florida head coach, winning three championship rings with Tim Tebow. Then go into Ohio State, I think he got one championship ring at Ohio State, from what I believe. And then, of course, retiring, having Ryan Day take his position there. What do you think of that?
1: Do I think Urban Meyer will come out of retirement? Is that what you're asking me?
0: Yeah. Do you think it's plausible that he comes out of retirement? And do you think that would be the right spot?
1: Do I think he'll come out of retirement? No, probably not. (laughs) But on the off chance that he does come out of retirement and come head coach at South Carolina, I think it may be a good fit. I mean, again, he was the head coach at Florida, got three rings with Tim Tebow, and that's an SEC school. So he already knows the gameplay of the SEC. Now, it's definitely changed a lot since Tim Tebow was in. But I still think that he would do a great job. I think he has a lot of experience, and I do think that he would be a good fit. Do I think he would be as good of a fit as Hugh Freeze or Jamie Chadwell? Probably not. But would he be a good fit? Yes. Uh, And ultimately, do I think he'll come out of retirement? No. But what do you think about that?
0: I think Urban Meyer, if he were to come out of retirement, do I think he is? No. I'm pretty sure. Last time Urban Meyer was even spoken to about possibly coming out of retirement, he said... No, you know, and that was shortly after leaving Ohio State. But if he were to come out of retirement, be accept the head coaching job at South Carolina, first of all, I think Joyner would see that see the starting position yeah, immediately. I absolutely. think that Urban Meyer, having coached Braxton Miller, Tim Tebow, you know, Joyner is the Closest to those out of all the quarterbacks of South Carolina. But with that being said, I don't think compared to Hugh Freeze and Jamie Chadwell, yeah, I would I would love to see Urban Myers become the head coach, but I think that Hugh Freeze would probably be the better fit. I agree. Um, but if you had to choose right now who who the head coach would be, who would you choose? I
1: would probably say Hugh Freeze, because he has the most experience in the SEC, coaching at Ole Miss, taking a win against Alabama. I would say that he's probably the best fit.
0: And I would agree. I mean, he also had Chad Kelly, uh, of course, transfer from, from Clemson, mobile quarterback. I think Hugh Freeze would be able to work with uh, Joyner, uh, make him a great quarterback um, within the next few years that Joyner has left. And possibly rebuild this south carolina team pretty quickly absolutely the holidays are coming it's beginning that also means the playoffs are coming as well we got our top six 2020 playoff predictions as of this only. week if we were to go into the playoffs after this weekend so we're gonna actually start off with your picks again, who do you got from six to one
1: so my first number six pick is byu they're an 8-0 and team. They're looking good. And I think that they will be in the top six for playoff contingency. Do I think they'll make the top four? No.
0: So for number six, I got Texas A&M. Uh, have I really seen anything out of them? Not yet. I mean, they whooped South Carolina's butt. But other than that, I haven't seen too much out of them. They beat Florida by the hair of their chin. They lost to Alabama pretty good. So I have them at number six because they're doing good. It's just a matter of I haven't seen, seen them do anything that would put them into the top four yet.
1: My number five pick goes to Florida. We talked a little bit about this before we recorded this podcast. And you asked me, you said, do you really think that Florida could be in the top four even if they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship? No. So I changed it to five. I still believe that anything is possible. In 2017, we saw Alabama lose to Auburn their last regular season game of the season. We saw Auburn go to the SEC Championship, lose to Georgia. And who did we see show up in the playoffs? Alabama. So I believe that anything is possible. But I say that Florida goes into the fifth spot and they make playoff contingency. I don't know that they go into the top four, though.
0: And you also got to chalk that up that 2017 year up to just luck for Alabama a lot a lot a lot of stuff came down went down in order for Alabama to get into the playoffs and eventually win that that playoff that playoff round at number five I got Cincinnati um I really want to put them in the top four but as of the teams that we have right now I can't yet I think that it they'll be the first non power five team to make it into the playoffs at least fingers crossed hoping that'll happen so yeah i got cincinnati at five i i see them with a great offense and their defense is killing it so far their quarterback is stepping it up each game showing how much he's he's got in him he he's mobile he's got a great arm he he, his knowledge of the game is just incredible
1: At number four, I actually do have Cincinnati. We've seen them play great teams. They're undefeated. I want to see them do a little bit more, though, through the rest of the season. I'd like to see them win out to kind of confirm this number four spot that I have for them in the playoffs. But as of right now, yeah, I'm going to say Cincinnati to run out of number four.
0: And uh, Real quick, I think it's insane that Cincinnati has gotten this far. I mean, they've been in the top 25 a few times the past few years, but the fact that they're Being considered for the playoffs is absolutely insane and incredible. Uh, For my number four spot, unfortunately, I have Clemson. I'm just putting in where we're at now uh, as of this week. Now when it comes down to the ACC championship, the SEC championship, Big Ten, all that kind of stuff, I definitely think it's going to be changed up. I think Clemson will be higher. I think Notre Dame could possibly drop out of the playoffs, if not drop all the way down to four. Um, from where they're actually at right now at number two. Um, But that's why in the future right now I got Clemson at four just because I definitely think they deserve to be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of what's happened so far.
1: Yeah, and all of our picks are based on what the rankings look like right now and who we've seen do what. Mm -hmm. So for number three, Clemson, I think that, They're still playing great. I mean, yeah, they have that one loss to Notre Dame, and that's why Notre Dame is ranked higher than them. But, I mean, you got to remember, too, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're missing five of their star defensive players, Mm -hmm. and they're missing Trevor Lawrence, who is a huge Heisman contender and who we've seen play amazing games. Mm -hmm. So without him, yeah, they're going to do bad. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. So I would like to see him come back in against Florida State this week, see how they do. Which I'm guessing they're gonna get a huge win over Florida State, and I believe that Clemson will
0: continue to jump. And it's insane too that uh, at the beginning of the Notre Dame game, we had just gotten and got a back, and he got injured again and had to leave the game again. One of our star (laughs) wide receivers. So it really came down. That game really came down to the limited amount of people that we had. Uh, Number three, I have Notre Dame. I don't I don't I don't like them have, I don't like having them in the top 4 just just based off of yeah they're playing great but against who? Yeah, they played great great against Clemson. But who on Clemson was really out there? They played great against Boston College. Boston College put up a fight, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. But like we said earlier, you stop Dracovic, you stop Boston College. Uh, and you know, I just, I don't like having Notre Dame in the top four right now, but because of again, how, where we're at this week, how things have been going, I I just, it, it, it's better to keep them in the top four, especially leading up to the ACC championship. Once we see that ACC championship, I might change my mind. I might say, you know what? Notre Dame deserves to be at number four. They deserve to be in the playoffs. Do they deserve to be high? No. But right now, I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs, period. But I have to put them there.
1: Yeah. And I agree with that. And moving into my number two pick, my number two pick is Notre Dame. I don't think that they should be that high. But based on where they are in the rankings-wise and their win against Clemson, even though we talked about Clemson didn't have all of their players. I'm still going to put Notre Dame in that number two spot. I think they are a good football team, and I think that they do play well. And I think that we do, though, need to see them in the ACC championship. And if they come out and they pull out a win against Clemson, then yes, they deserve this number two spot. But as of right now, I'm going to keep them there based on how they've played this season, not based on who they've played this season. 100%.
0: My number two spot, I have Ohio State, which I've noticed you don't have on your board yet. Um, And
1: who I don't have on my board at all. And I can speak to that saying that, yes, is Ohio State a good football team? Yes. Who have they played? And I haven't seen enough from them. They've only played three games. Their game against Maryland last week was postponed or canceled, actually. And we both had Maryland picked to win that game, even if they didn't play it. So I don't even have them in my top six because I think all these other teams have one played more games, have two played better opponents, and three they've shown me that they deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that from Ohio State yet, and I and if you only have Ohio State in there because if that's based on the rankings, I can respect that, but or Justin Fields maybe, but for me, I just haven't seen enough from them, and I complained a couple weeks ago about how I didn't think that. It was fair that Ohio State sits at 5-6 and six or quote-unquote unranked all season, plays one game, they get a struggle win against Nebraska, and they jump to number three. Like, that's ridiculous to me. And I don't agree with that. So that's why Ohio State is not in my top six.
0: But yeah, Ohio State's my number two. It, not only is it based off of the rankings that are currently out right now, but you also gotta look at it this way. And this is kind of looking into the future a little bit. So think about this. Ohio State beats Indiana. Great game. First of all, coming up. Ohio State beats Indiana if they went beat Indiana. They gotta face Wisconsin eventually. They gotta face the beat up but alright, Michigan team. They gotta be they gotta face a Michigan State team, who is known to be a, a trap game most of the time, it tends to, they tend to show up when they're the biggest underdog. So you really got to look at it. Now also, the only reason I'm iffy about putting Ohio State here is, and I, I was reading up on this a little bit too, the ol- only reason for them to even be eligible for the playoffs, they have to win six games. They have to play six games. And the way everything is turning out right now, are they going to be able to get there? They have one game canceled. And if if any more COVID stuff comes up, they can't postpone anymore because they started late. So whatever they can't play, they have to cancel. They can't postpone anymore. So it all comes down to, A, can they win the games that they need to win? And B, can they even play the games that they need to play? So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really does come down to can they win out and are they going to be able to play the rest of their games? So, but on to number one my number one pick Alabama. Undefeated. You got Mac Jones, Heisman contender. They've been playing amazing and they've been playing in the toughest conference. I saw you roll your eyes at me. We can talk about that later, but I believe that Alabama is probably going to be national champions this year as well.
0: I agree. Alabama, at number one. Do I like it? No, but they have been playing a great season so far. Um, you don't see a lot of people competing against them. I think the only team that really can compete against them is Clemson, and that's not a biased opinion either. That's just... No, I agree. I agree. Can Ohio State's defense match up against Alabama's offense? Absolutely not. No. Can Notre Dame's offense match up against Alabama's defense, who is known to stop the run? No. No. So you got Clemson, who has been known for showing Alabama up for a few years now, recent, as of recent. Now there was that one year Alabama showed Clemson up, but they were a newer team uh, in the playoffs. But, yeah. I think Alabama is number one as of right now. And if I were to go as far as who's going to be the championship teams in the finals, I say Alabama Clemson because that's the only matchup that I can see a good matchup. Everything else just seems like it's an Alabama game. So college football had us really bored last weekend. I mean, i don't think i even watched many games last weekend i I mean i watched a little bit Just watched the top
1: two matchups
0: yeah i watched our top two matchups and that was just about it but everything else was kind of boring i watched the western carolina liberty game i did
1: watch that game
0: (laughs) until they went up by two touchdowns then i was done but week 12 has shown up and now we're kind of like oh my god i can't keep up with all this like the amount of amazing games that are happening this weekend are just incredible and it was hard to really pick our two important matchups for this weekend. I mean we we had to choose between games that were near and dear to our heart or games that we genuinely thought just you couldn't miss it.
1: And a lot of these games we just thought were going to change the entire course of the season.
0: Oh 100%.
1: So let's go ahead and jump into our top two big matchups for week 12.
2: I think just continuing to improve. You know the the way they played against Nebraska and Rutgers, I'm sure it kept Ryan Day up. I do not believe that kid touched the pylon before the ball touched down. I do not. I do not think the two point conversion should have been good. I think Penn State should have won that game with one point in overtime. Justin Fields is Justin Fields, right?
3: Looking for the deep ball. Touchdown, Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. No call, it was a good play. Your swing pass out in space to Freifogel. Able to spin out of attack tackle. Freifogel dies for the end zone, touchdown. What a play by Ty Freifogel after contact, 13-0 Indiana. Second and three, in the 45. And Martinez trying to get the first down, lost it, picked up by bring pressure here, nope, they back off and rush four, Penix on third, down, long throw, it's caught, Freifogel, nobody gonna catch him, all the way for the Indiana touchdown on third and seven, 65 yards.
2: Rally's a tremendous head coach, their defense is atrocious, but all the defenses in the Big 12. Team. Now they're rolling out a super young, talented, but super young kid and they're paying the price. They, they are. Big quick, right? And it's Oklahoma. Every year they're gonna score a whole bunch of points and they're gonna give up a whole bunch of points. Look at that
3: sweet Presley. Touchdown. On the
2: Cowboys. And three touchdowns in his return. Off play action all day for Rattler. Wide open. Austin Stockner who waltz in. An easy touchdown drive for Oklahoma. Touchdown, Cowboys. You've got to have situational awareness in the red zone. Be careful with the football. Waste in motion. Stevenson. Stiff arming his way into the end zone for six. Give a hit as he might take today.
3: But it's sprung loose. First and ten to the end zone.
2: But it- to the top of the formation there. Keep it on the ground third and three. And into the end zone with something extra goes TJ Pledger. In. Float into the corner. It's again. It's time
1: for so yeah, so we have some definitely huge matchups this week. So the first one we're going to be looking at: Ohio State versus Indiana. What do you think?
0: This is, I think this determines the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And like I said earlier, if Ohio State wins this game, I mean, it definitely argues that Ohio State deserves to be there.
1: And I think this also really determines, is Indiana a top 10 team?
0: Or was it luck, the Penn State game?
1: And this is where we got to look at, even if they lose this game, they could still deserve to be a top 10 team. It just depends on the loss, margin and how they do. I mean, if it's a huge blowout by Ohio State, then yes, by by all means, no. They do not deserve to be in the top ten. But, I mean, even if it's, like, within ten, yes, absolutely. They deserve to be in the top ten.
0: 100%. I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a battle of the offenses, and I think that whoever's defense decides to show up is going to be the big determining factor. You, you see Ohio State... Is very good at forcing the forcing the ball out, creating turnovers, making big plays off those turnovers as well. Meanwhile, Indiana, they're they're fresh, they're new. I'm excited for Indiana. Just seeing how they're good again. I mean, I'm really excited for it. I'm I'm more looking forward to this game because Indiana is where they're at today. Um, honestly, though. It's hard to pick. Who who, who do you pick?
1: So I'm just going to go ahead and put it straight out there. My pick is Indiana. I really want Ohio State to lose this game. So it is a biased pick. But it's also, I really believe that this is the year for Indiana to come out and really do this thing. And I think that they're going to come out and prove that they are a top 10 team. They deserve to be here. And I believe that we're going to see Indiana come out on top of this one. And is it likely probably not. Ohio State has the upper hand here. But I think that we're definitely going to see Indiana come out and play a huge offensive game and like you said, whoever's defense shows up, that's who's going to win this thing.
0: 100% and when when we're looking at the FPI, uh the Football Power Index, we're looking at the prediction to be Ohio State by 90%.
1: Yeah, and I got to disagree with that by a lot. I mean, we have seen by 90% What do you mean?
0: You got to disagree with that by 90%.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to disagree with that by 90%, honestly. Um, I just don't see it being that huge of a blowout. I mean, Indiana came out and played a great game against Michigan State, and they had a win against Penn State as well. This is a great football team, and they really are coming out, playing games, doing their best, and they're just doing really well. I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout. What do you think about the FPI?
0: I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout, no. But when we're looking at the team stats, both teams allowing, I mean, not allowing, but scoring a good bit of points. We got Ohio State with averaging about 46 points per game. Indiana averaging about 34, both allowing around 20 points per game. So their defenses are doing good, but who have they played? Indiana, not many teams. I mean, Penn State is 0-4. Did we predict that? No. But they're 0-4. Ohio State, they haven't really played anybody either. But the biggest game I got to look at is how they struggled against the Rutgers for Mm, a little bit. I mean, and... I'm going to focus on defense only. Yards allowed. Indiana's only allowing 321 yards. Ohio State, 356. So we're seeing that the pass against Ohio State is pretty dominant. And, I mean, Indiana is known for that. They haven't even gotten 100 yards average for rushing. So, I, I just because... Just because I don't have total confidence in it, I have to choose Ohio State. I would choose Indiana if I had a little bit more confidence in it, but because of that uncertainty, I have to take Ohio State here.
1: And either way, I think we can agree that this is definitely going to be a great game. It's not going to be a blowout by any team, and this is going to be probably the most exciting game of the week to watch.
0: Oh, 100%. And I'm really look, like I said, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be one of my favorite games to watch uh, this weekend uh, next to the Clemson game, of course, but yeah.
1: And speaking of exciting games, our next game of the week, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. It's rivalry week, ladies and gentlemen, and this is going to be a huge game. What's your take on it, Joey?
0: Well, going back to the FPI, we're looking at the the football power index, and believe it or not, Oklahoma State is predicted only a 25.9% chance of winning this. 74.1% chance of Oklahoma winning this, which is absolutely insane. I don't think by the at the beginning of this season that any of us would have been able to predict that. A lot of us think thought that Oklahoma State would be playoff contenders and um possibly competing in the championship just with their their defense and their run offense, but you really got to look at it and Oklahoma does have a great offense but their defense hasn't been well it's Oklahoma they don't have a defense they haven't had a defense in a while but Oklahoma State only averages about 80 28 points per game compared to Oklahoma's 46 and I feel like in previous years a lot of the times I look at these games and I'm like oh the defense is gonna win Oklahoma is not one of those teams you can really look at that and say that because they've done it against Texas last year. They've done it against Oklahoma State last year and previous years before. So when I'm really looking at it, it's hard, but I'm actually going to choose to upset Oklahoma Sooners.
1: So I'm going to save my pick for a second. But yeah, like you said, Oklahoma, not great defense oklahoma state decent defense oklahoma has a pretty good offense they're averaging about 46 points per game oklahoma state's averaging 28 points per game so it really just is 50 50 hit or miss i don't agree with the fpi i know you said you don't agree with that either and my pick is going for who i think will be the true upset because i'm it's probably looking like Oklahoma will win this game, but my pick, I'm going with Oklahoma State. I said earlier in episode one that I thought that they deserve to be higher in the AP Top 25 rankings, and I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to make it. I th- I don't know if they're going to make it into the playoffs, but I think they're going to make it through this game. I think they're going to be Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, you still gotta you get, you still gotta consider that one percent chance that their conference even makes a top four. But yeah, so. Let's get into the top twenty-five a little bit for Week Twelve. Uh, starting off with Alabama, Kentucky. I know you're the big SEC guy compared to me. Uh, what do you think about this game?
1: Alabama wins this, no doubt. I mean, you've got a team who has lost to talking about Kentucky has lost to Auburn twenty-nine to thirteen, Old Miss forty-two to forty-one, and to Mizzou twenty to ten, and Georgia a couple weeks ago fourteen to three. Now they have had wins against. Mississippi State, Tennessee, when they were number 18, and Vanderbilt. Now, the thing about that, though, is, you know, everybody beats Vanderbilt, unfortunately, um, for Vandy. Um, but yeah, no, Alabama takes this. That, that's too easy. You've got Mac Jones, Najee Harris, still, Mechie. Like, you've got all these amazing players who are going to absolutely dominate the field on offense. And you've got one of the top five defenses in the country and probably the number one defense in the SEC West. So, yeah, no chance Kentucky wins this. It's Alabama all the way.
0: Yeah, I don't really have to go too deep into it. I think Kentucky puts up a decent struggle in the first quarter to start off, and then Alabama runs away with it.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. All right, number two, Notre Dame. Bye week. All right, looking at number three, Ohio State versus number nine, Indiana. We've already done that. Ohio State, Indiana. All right, number four, Clemson versus Florida State. Well, you're the Clemson guy. What do you think?
0: Um. Yeah, Clemson, I, I, Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Travis Etienne. Yep. And it's Florida State. That that's all. I I could go deep into it, but I don't need to. Clemson.
1: Yeah, and I'm right there with you, Clemson. There's no way Florida State wins this. All right, number five, Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. Postponed. You know, I really was excited to kind of see this game though, and I would have, I would have picked Ole Miss to win it.
0: I would have, mm, I would have picked Texas A&M honestly, but I agree with you. It was going to be a good matchup. I mean, Ole Miss with a great offense, not so much of a defense. Texas A&M with a great offense, give or take defense.
1: Moving on to number six, Florida versus. Van <laughs> Florida versus Vandy.
0: I'm not even an SEC guy, and I can tell you right now, Florida.
1: Duh. Duh. Florida. Yeah, 100% Florida. <laughs> Vandy doesn't take this. There's no way. If Vandy if Vandy takes this, I will, I don't know what I'll do. I'll let you, like, tattoo something on my body or something. But... Bro, bet. <laughs> All right. Number seven, Cincinnati versus University of Central Florida. At, that could be a good matchup. What do you think?
0: I think it's going to be a good matchup. I definitely think it's going to be a good matchup. Now, do I know who's going to win? Well, I believe I do. I think Cincinnati's going to win this. Uh, like I said, I had them pretty high up there in my in my rankings. I mean, you have a UCF team who argued a few years ago that they were defending champs. But 5-2, and two, not ranked at all. Um Against the seven and O Cincinnati Cincinnati Bearcats, I think it's going to be a good a good battle, but I just I just don't UCF's known for their offense, and I I just don't think that they're going to be able to move with the Cincinnati defense.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you right there. I'm my biggest Cincinnati as well.
0: You know what's incredible though? What the FPI says UCF winning this by 56.4%.
1: So I think the main idea of this podcast today is to show that the FPI is kind of total BS. Yeah, (laughs) it's completely wrong. It's like like the AP Top 25 of ranking college power indexes.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, I think Cincinnati wins this.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. All right, number eight, BYU versus North Alabama. <laughs> do we yeah.
0: really have to go over this? No. BYU.
1: Yeah, BYU, that's easy. I um, think that defeated. was the I think yeah. that's the
0: most boring matchup out of this entire Week 12, which is unfortunate cuz a lot of people were arguing for BYU to be playoff contenders, but dude, they're not helping with making it an interesting week.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. I agree. They never do. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like I think of all the teams on this list, that's probably the most cupcake game game played this week.
0: I mean, we got Central Arkansas against Louisiana and even that's yeah, a better match. <laughs> like
1: <sighs> All right. Moving on. Number 10 Wisconsin versus number 19 Northwestern.
0: Now, given that this game isn't canceled, um I'm really interested. I am not too sure yet. It this is actually hard cuz Wisconsin has played yeah. So Now Both games were blowouts but it's, And it's Northwestern Oh boy this one's hard I gotta choose Wisconsin to be honest Their quarterback is too good Their run game is strong Their defense I, f- I feel like everybody's defense is give or take this year I feel like I'm saying that a lot With a lot of people But yeah I, I'm choosing Wisconsin here
1: yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm choosing Wisconsin as well. I don't think Northwestern pulls this out. Moving on, number eleven, Oregon versus UCLA.
0: Oregon versus UCLA. Uh, that, that that I'm actually looking forward to that one actually because I don't know. I, th- I think it would be a good matchup. Granted, UCLA is one one and one. Oregon's two and zero. Oh. But you got to look at UCLA and you're like, they're building. They're getting back under they're getting back into it. They used to be a team that was in the conversation, not all the way in it, but they were in the top twenty five. Oregon has been great for a while. Uh they're they're one of my favorite teams based off of uniforms. Um <laughs> that's it. But um I, I gotta choose Oregon here just because I don't think UCLA can pull it out. Granted, I still think Oregon's struggling a little bit. But I'll, I'll 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 choose Oregon here.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Oregon as well. I think the team's too good. And I think that even without Justin Herbert and their new quarterback, they're still doing extremely well. Mm-hmm. Struggle win against Stanford, but still doing well. Mm-hmm. All right, number 12, Miami versus unranked Georgia Tech has been postponed. postponed. All right, on to our next matchup. Number 13, Georgia versus unranked Mississippi State. Dude, Georgia all the way. There's no way Mississippi State wins this. They have, they won two out of their six games. They won 44 to 34 against LSU and 24 to 17 against Vandy, who we just talked about loses to everyone. They lost to Arkansas 21 to 14, University of Kentucky 24 to 2, Texas A&M 28 to 14, and Alabama 41 to 0. There's no way they pull this out. They're seventh in the SEC and two in, in the SEC West and two and four. Georgia pulls this out. Our defense is too good. Also, Richard LeCount is coming back in this season. Again, don't know when, but we'll see. Also, super excited to possibly see JT Daniels come out in this game for the first time. I'm possibly. praying to God that it happens.
0: If, if it's a blowout, I think he'll come out just to give get him some playing time.
1: Dude, not, I'm hoping that he like starts in the game. I mean it's possible. I would hope so and it's but, looking like it because Dewan Mathis is definitely not the choice and Stetson's still out with an injury. But yeah. what do you what is your take on this game? What do you think?
0: Well, I'm gonna upset you a little bit. I'm not saying I'm choosing Mississippi State. Why would I do that? Um So first of all, the FPI is first time ever that it's right right now. Ninety three percent points ninety three point six percent going George's Georgia's way. So that's right. But we have discussed before. Georgia struggles with the pass a lot. They can't defend it for some reason. So and Mississippi State, I mean, dude they, they average twenty one and a half rushing yards. And over three hundred passing yards. Like so clearly Mississippi State relies on the pass just like Florida does. Will they play as good as Florida? Heck no. I mean, their defense isn't nearly as good as Florida. They, they're they averaging 16 points per game. It's insane, dude. I'm 100% choosing Georgia here. I was just trying to make the Mississippi State fans a little happy and give them some sort of hope, but... As I'm going through these stats, it just makes me a little more depressed, honestly. Georgia Bulldogs, by a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. That's for sure. All right. Number 14, Oklahoma State versus number 18, Oklahoma. Already, I already been discussed over. it. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Number 15, Marshall versus Charlotte. Postponed. Postponed. Number 16, Coastal Carolina versus Appalachian State. We are both super excited for this matchup.
0: I'm not... Ag- because I'm going home, I'm actually going to be wearing my, my Coastal Carolina hat. Just just the hat this weekend. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to this game. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm interested to see how it goes. I, it's going to be a tough matchup, really. I think that Appalachian State has a good team. They got their head on their shoulders. They've shown that they're very competitive within the past few years they've beaten pretty good teams. Granted, the team that put them in the top 25 was beating South Carolina, which meant nothing. Um
1: <laughs> as we found out this week. Yeah,
0: but you also got to look at how Coastal Carolina's been playing and just looking towards their f- future matchups. I I want to I'm going to choose Coastal Carolina. I also want to choose Coastal Carolina. But the reason I'm doing that is because I just I just think they're put together very well this season. I think they got the momentum going for them. Um, so, yeah, I'm choosing Coastal Carolina. And hopefully when they go up against Liberty, both teams will be undefeated. And hopefully it'll be a great matchup.
1: All right. And so that's definitely the home team for us. Taking a look at Coastal Carolina, this is an undefeated team, right? I mean, every team that they face, they've, you know, beaten by a pretty great margin, as we discussed last week. Appalachian State, though, 6-1. and one. They're only lost to Marshall. They're second in the Sun Belt East. This is going to be a really good matchup. And, you know, my mom is actually a graduate from Appalachian State. But, Mom, I'm sorry i got to disappoint you. <laughs> uh, definitely picking Coastal Carolina for my pick. I would love to see them come out of this and win, and I, like you said, I would love to see them going up up against Liberty as undefeated, both teams, and that's my pick. I'm thinking Coastal Carolina wins this. All right, moving on to our next matchup, number 17, Ohio State versus Kansas State. Who you got?
0: You know, this is actually kind of a tough matchup. You're looking at Kansas State, who back in the day used to be ranked, um... And I don't mean that a few years ago, I mean a few weeks ago. Uh, They lost a few games that they shouldn't have lost. Um, And then you got Iowa State, who, I mean, is incredible on offense, they've been showing. Um, I mean, on Fantrax, you single-handedly lost to Brees Hall.
1: Yeah, that was annoying.
0: Shout out to Fantrax. If you want to sponsor us, that would be great. But... You single-handedly lost to Brees Hall that week. I mean, he had 223 rushing yards. He had, what, three or four touchdowns?
1: Yeah, Garrett literally beat me just with Brees Hall by, like, 40 points.
0: I think just because of Brees Hall, Iowa State would win this. But let's look at it. Iowa State has a 64.6% chance of winning this game, according to the power index. Who all has... Kansas State lost to, you know, or who have they faced, who have they lost to stuff like that. They beat Oklahoma. They beat they beat Oklahoma pretty uh pretty not single-handedly. I mean, it was 38 to 35, but they showed that they could compete. Then they turn around, and they lose to Oklahoma State. They lose to West Virginia. Uh they even lost to freaking Arkansas State. So, yeah, I, I. It it it's, it's gonna be a great game, I I think that for sure. I think the uniforms are gonna look freaking sexy. But Iowa State.
1: Yeah, I'm also going with Iowa State. I think that it's they're definitely a roller coaster team, but I think they still pull this out. All right, number twenty, USC the real USC. Sorry, Abby. <laughs> versus Utah. And uh, I'd just like to point out that once again, like last week, Joey was wrong. Yeah, and yeah. USC pulled out the win over Arizona. So, but who's your pick this week, buddy?
0: First of all, it's Arizona. Whoop de doo. Um, and it was 34 30. So it was another Struggle close win. game. USC. USC cannot win this. I'm telling you this right now. <laughs> Utah, this is their first game of the season. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Guess who's at Utah? Who? Jake Bentley. Done. South Carolina. Done. So I'm I'm interested to see if he even starts this game. If he does, oh, it's going to USC. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I. Utah has a 55.3% chance of winning this by the power index. 44% 44.7% goes to USC. I'm sticking to my USC losing uh prediction until they do it. So, uh I'm choosing Utah here.
1: Well, again, the main idea of this podcast is that the FPI is like wrong 95% of the time.
0: But so this is within the five percent that it's not wrong, I'm guessing <laughs>
1: <laughs> So with that, I'm gonna say that USC is going to win this game and Utah's gonna lose and Joey's gonna be wrong again next week.
0: All right, moving on <laughs> you know I might actually be the reason they keep winning. I might end up predicting USC all the way to the freaking playoffs if I just keep saying that they're gonna lose. I swear <laughs> oh, All
1: right number 21 Liberty versus NC State.
0: This one's a hard one too. This one's really tough. I mean, NC State five and three, but you look at their competition. I don't blame them. They have some pretty good competition. Liberty eight and zero, absolutely incredible season for them. They're they're pretty much next to Coastal Carolina for an unpredictable and unpredicted insane season. I mean, they beat Virginia Tech for God's sake. I mean, granted, have they beaten anybody else? Eh, not really. They. They handled West for Western Carolina pretty good. They beat Syracuse pretty good. They beat Virginia Tech last second. Other than that, not 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 too much. Liberty's quarterback is very mobile. Uh, watching the Virginia Tech game, we've noticed that Liberty relies a lot on what their, their quarterback can do, and such. So with that, I, I got to go with NC State's defense and say that NC State wins this.
1: So I'm going to continue going with Liberty. I think that they're going to win this. I really want to see Coastal Carolina and Liberty both undefeated when they get matched up. Like I want to see earlier. that too. So – um but I think that Liberty just is the better team. I think they handled Western Carolina. I think the NC State, even though that they've been playing some pretty good teams, I don't think that, you know, they've played enough to upset Liberty. So I'm going with Liberty. Number twenty two, Texas versus unranked Kansas. Is this even a question?
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm going Kansas No, I'm just kidding. Um yeah, Texas.
1: Yeah, Texas for sure. Number 23, Auburn versus Tennessee. Honestly, this could be a really interesting matchup just because both of these teams have sucked all year.
0: I mean, Auburn hasn't sucked. It's just a matter of have they shown up when they needed to. No. Um, But I I think Auburn's going to win this just because Tennessee has not shown up this season. And they're not normally a second half of the season kind of team either. So I'm going Auburn with this just because they got a better quarterback, better offense, better defense.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think Auburn, I think that usually they're kind of a powerhouse in the SEC West right behind Alabama. Uh, This just hasn't been their year. They've had some postponements because of COVID and stuff like that. And uh, Tennessee hasn't really showed up either. Uh, But yeah, I got to give this win to Auburn. All right, number twenty-four, Louisiana versus Central Arkansas.
0: That's a good question, isn't it? Very. I think that I act like this is gonna be a close game. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's gonna be a close game, but I don't think it will be. But unfortunately, come to find out, it was canceled. Really. Yeah.
1: So this game,
0: this just in.
1: Breaking news: This just in. Louisiana versus Central Arkansas has officially been canceled.
0: canceled. That's that, that. That's unfortunate. <laughs> All right. Next next matchup is a uh, 25 Tulsa versus unranked Tulane.
1: So you have Tulsa coming off a win against SMU, which is an upset, and Tulane coming off a win against Army. These are two. Pretty good teams, but I still think that Tulsa comes out with this, especially coming out and beating SMU. And I don't think Tulane just – I just don't think Tulane can come out and do it.
0: You know what hurricanes do do to the ocean, right? They make it all hectic. I don't think the green wave survives the hurricanes here. I think the hurricanes blow through Tulane and uh, have a pretty incredible game. Now, the reason I say that is because also – Tulane's defense is non-existent so that's why I say it I stand by it I think Tulsa wins this if Tulane wins go for them but Tulsa
1: and that concludes this episode of TBD Sportscast thank you so much for listening
0: make sure to go follow us on Instagram at TBD underscore sportscast I'm Joey
1: and I'm Mason this has been TBD Sportscast we'll see you right back here next Friday
0: I'm Outy. Also, TBD Sportscast will be transitioning and introducing the NFL into our shows next week. Bye.